to Totalis Rankium. This week, Hadrian. Welcome to Roman Emperors to tell us Rankium. I am Jamie. I'm Rob, and we are ranking all the emperors from Augustus to Augustus, and this is Hadrian. Hadrian! Yes, the third of the five good emperors. Ah, so halfway through. Yes, Ooh. we are. Now, I know two things about Hadrian. Go on. He had a beard. Yep. And he built a patio near Scotland. Yes, he did those two things. Or a lot of garden improvements yeah, sort of stuff. Sort of general offence, I heard. Yeah, some sort of fence. Yes. Yeah, patio yeah. fencey thing. Yeah, okay, well, there you go. Well, yeah. thanks for listening. Yeah, we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> should we go into a bit more detail? I suppose we should. Yes, I mean, we have spent it. a week researching. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's an odd one, is Hadrian. He is. is. He? Yeah, Ooh, um, but we'll discuss that at the end. So let's yeah. dive in with Hadrian's family. His father was Publius Aelius Hadrianus. Publius? Afer. Publius Afer. Yes. That's a great name. Yeah. He was a Praetorian senator who spent most of his life in Rome away from Spain, but he's, he was from Spain himself. The fam... Oh, sorry. Sorry, was he actually Spanish or was he... Again, like, like Trajan. It's like, is he Spanish? Is he Italian? Mm. It's hard to say. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But yeah, provincial, definitely. The family are thought to have moved to the region around the same time as Scipio Africanus. Now, if you remember the Punic Wars in Bacchus Ground yes. episode, yes, yes. yes, we mentioned him all the way back then. Um, Scipius. Scipio. Scipio. Yeah, there are a couple of famous Scipios. I imagine like some sort of kangaroo. Yes. I'm not sure if I we did mention Scipio. No, we must have done. There's no way I didn't Scipi. mention Scipio. It yeah. rings a bell. Yeah. Right, listen, listen to the first episode again and well, let we, us know. We, we talked about Hannibal, so we must have talked about Scipio because they fought each other. Probably. I'll check yeah. my notes later. Yeah, check your notes mm. later. Right, okay. He was, this is Hadrian's father, mm. the cousin of Trajan. Oh, okay. Yes. Hadrian's mother was a woman named Paulina, and she was the daughter of another senatorial family. Hmm. Paulina. Okay. So that is, that's the family. Senatorial family from Spain. Uh, do we know if he had any siblings? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes, he had an older sister. Okay. Yeah, he did. Um, but we'll get into that later. Okay, Hadrian himself was born Publius Aelius Hadrianus. Publius? Yeah, same as his father. Publius. Um, but we'll just keep calling him Hadrian. Yeah. And he was born in Italia or Rome, we're not sure, in 76 CE. Okay, so... 76. And that means officially... Wow. No more Year of the Four Emperors. Oh, we're out of it. We're out of it. What did Hadrian do during the Year of the Four Emperors? Nothing. He was dead at the time. <laughs> yeah. Does it count as dead? Or pre-alive? That's dead, isn't it? Well, this is philosophical now. <laughs> this is deep, isn't it? Let's move on. <laughs> yes. We'll get trapped in a loop there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. His family were a high-up and well-respected family from... So I have already said that. Right. At the age of ten, Hadrian's parents died. Like real oh. death, not pre-life death. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did he go Benjamin Button? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, they died when he was young. So he was put under the care of Trajan and a man named Atianus, who okay. was Trajan's friend, who became the Praetorian prefect under Trajan. He was well-educated... And he became borderline obsessed with Greek culture. Okay. Yeah, so much so he le earned the nickname the Little Greekling. <laughs> yeah. 
they just loved our stuff, Greek. They're not good at their nicknames, are they? These no. Romans. <laughs> Bootykins. Little Boots. Little Greek. Little Greek. Yeah. yeah. But you love Greek culture and stuff, like buy the plates and yeah. only eat feta. And the song speeding up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 All that stuff. All that he loved it. Right. At the age of 14, Hadrian was called to Trajan's side, and he never returned to his hometown again. The end. <laughs> so he, he never goes, well, he goes back to Spain at one point, but he never goes back home, home. Hadrian became a military tribune. Oh, yeah. Yes. Somewhere in the east. And then had a second tribuneship in Macedonia. That was very rare. Usually you're climbing the political ladder. Your first step is a military tribune, where essentially you're dog's body to the officer in charge of the legions. And then you do that, and then you go and climb up the the curse on him. Okay. Yeah. But Hadrian did two military tribunes. He obviously enjoyed the military life. Wow. Uh, Yes. And around this time, Nerva declared Trajan as his heir, as we discussed last week. Yes. Yeah, to avert that close civil war. Yeah. Hadrian was chosen to tell the emperor, but he was delayed by his brother-in-law, Servius. Ooh. Yes, this is how we know he has an older sister. Yes, because Servius is the brother-in-law, but about 30 years older. So yes. Servius was married to Trajan's... Older sister. Hadrian's older sister. Yes. Okay. That's right. So Servius, we're not sure why he tried to delay Hadrian. We can only assume because he wanted to tell Trajan himself. Servius apparently broke Hadrian's carriage and sent forward his own emissaries. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Hadrian, however, carried on on foot and he beat Servius's men to it. Yes. Were they on horseback? He, maybe Hadrian had a head start. Maybe. He's half man, half horse. Yeah, he's half man, half. Like a centaur. Yes. Yes. Or he just knew a shortcut. Or he just knew a shortcut, yeah. 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 Whichever one of those is most likely. Yeah. Yeah. Hadrian was then transferred to the Rhine, probably on Trajan's orders, and served a third tribuneship with Trajan. Wow. Yeah, so he's getting lots of military experience here. Then Nerva died, and according to Hadrian, in an autobiography that we've lost, um, he (laughs) then raced an official envoy to tell Trajan the news in person. However, this sounds a little bit like the story's got confused with the... uh, the one I've just told you. Yeah. Yeah. It's unlikely he did it twice. No. Unless Servius demanded a rematch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not fair. You're half horse. Yeah. <laughs> you have clear advantage. Yeah. Anyway, so Trajan is now the heir. Hadrian, it's looking good for him. Yeah. Yeah. In 101, Hadrian became a senator and was given a job of reading Trajan's speeches out in the Senate. To begin with, he was laughed at. Aww. Why do you think? Did he have a speech impediment? No, but close. As soon as the accent or something. Oh, he's Spanish. Maybe he's yes, a Spanish spot accent. on. Yeah, his Spanish accent. They all laughed at him. Aww. I can only assume it's a bit like having a, I don't know, trying not to be insulting to anyone who lives in our country. I guess like um, in, in, <laughs> in the early days of Hitler's rise to power, they laughed at him because he had an Austrian accent. Oh, uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> they didn't laugh very long, though. No, they stopped laughing very quickly. But apparently he soon achieved the highest of eloquence. Oh, that's yes. good. So he lost his accent. Yes, that's what he did. Must have worked hard <laughs> to sound like all the others. Right, then the first Dacian War happens. Ah, yes. yes. Remember that? Yes, that's with uh, Brian Blessed. Yes, yes it is. Versus Trajan. Yes. Yes, round <laughs> one. Um, Hadrian goes with Trajan, 
but soon was given the title Tribune of the Plebs, which okay. is a ceremonial role by this point, um, but still very honorific. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. It's, it's a huge honour. Like a badge. Um, yeah, badge, a t-shirt. Um, so he returns to Rome to take the office. Everyone starts to see Hadrian as Trajan's likely heir at this point, and Trajan gives Hadrian a diamond that Nerva gave to him. Ooh. So it's passing on of the power. The heart of the ocean. Yeah. What? Titanic style. Titanic has the blue, big blue diamond. It's what the whole film's about. Well, it's about the, the ship sinking, but... I was going to say, it's a what? What, what diamond? <laughs> part of the ocean in Titanic. It's like a big blue diamond. So it'll have this as, you know, my, my, the abusive husband gives the diamond to, to Rose. Oh. You might need to delete all of that, because that's no, nothing to do no, with no. that at all. <laughs> I'm, I'm interested in... Film. I've not seen that film for years and years. Haven't you? Years. Uh, no. My wife insists we watch it like every time, well before we go on holiday. On a cruise ship. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so next time we fly, I'm making a watch. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Airplane or something. Yeah. Snakes on a plane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Right, Hadrian stayed in Rome until the Second Dacian War. Again, he started out with Trajan. Mm-hmm. Um, but was soon given a legion to command and then became governor of Lower Pannonia, which is sort of left and down a bit from where the fighting is. So it's nearby, right. nearby province, but not quite in the heart of the action. Yeah. This had the effect of keeping Hadrian out of harm's way, but still in an important role. Yeah. Which is kind of what you want for, for your successor. Well, yeah, you don't want to die. No, no it's, it <laughs> doesn't work too hard, does it? Around this time... Hadrian marries Trajan's grandniece, called Sabina, or Sabina. Um, it's thought that Platina, that's Trajan's wife, organised the marriage, as Hadrian was a favourite of hers. However, Trajan appears not to have been too keen on this marriage. In fact, there's a couple of suggestions Ooh. that Hadrian and Trajan have a bit of a falling out around this time. Ooh, so he's just, you know, ooh, I don't like her, she's a bit of a minger. Um, that might have been what Hadrian said. Maybe. I think word for word. Yeah. If only Suetonius was around at the time, he could have told us. Yeah, yeah. They could have done it. Yeah, yeah uh, Hadrian is made consul at this point, but only a suffect consul. Remember, not one of the ordinary consuls that has the year named after them. So it oh. was a bit of a slight by Trajan there. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, so who knows? Maybe they fell out. <laughs> However, around this time, Sora, remember Trajan's friend from last week, assured oh, yeah. Hadrian that Trajan would adopt him at some point. And according to the Historia Augusta, Trajan's friends stopped despising and ignoring Hadrian at this point as well. Oh, very quickly. Which yeah. is nice. Lots of cards, <laughs> lots of presents. Yeah. It's like, you are a complete. No, no, don't say it. Trajan's going to adopt him. Oh. You're completely the best emperor in the world. Yeah, you're going to make a brilliant emperor. I imagine in like 2,000 years, two people do a, like a radio show about you and give you an award that doesn't mean anything. That long, didn't they? Yeah. Podcast. Yeah. Radio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Around this time, he's in his mid-twenties at this point, he travelled to Greece where he possibly stayed for quite a while. We like Greece, didn't we? We like to Grecophile. Yes. And then, a few years later, the Parthian War started. Mm. Yes. Hadrian joined Trajan as a legate during the Parthian War, so he was in charge of a legion. Um, but then, when the governor of Syria was sent to go and look after Dacia, because Dacia was kicking up a bit of trouble at the time, yeah. Hadrian was given the province to rule. So he's now the governor of Syria. Syria's held as 
a big province in the Roman mm. Empire at this point, so this was a big role for him to be in. While ruling Syria, Hadrian received news that Trajan was dead. Oh, yeah. And had declared him emperor. Yay! Hey, so there you go, he's now the emperor. His hold on power, however, was not necessarily very strong. Ooh. No, because at that time, as we talked about briefly last week, there were a few people who thought they could be the heir of Trajan. Trajan didn't announce his actual heir or adopt anyone until his deathbed. Uh. And there's that suggestion that Platina actually masterminded the whole thing, hired the actor, and yes. Adrian wasn't the real heir. Ooh, yeah, yeah. So, put on this beard. <laughs> yeah, put on the big beard. Trajan didn't have a beard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it, it's a bit of shaky ground. Quietus, who I mentioned briefly last week, who'd been putting down that Jewish revolt, had his guard taken from him and then removed from his post as governor of Judea. So Hadrian quickly removed one of the threats that he could see. Mm. Now, he didn't return to Rome straight away because the East was still far too unstable. Yeah. yeah. Um, everyone was still in the middle of revolting. Yeah. Yeah. So he commanded that Atianus, remember his guardian, Trajan's friend. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, be put in charge of Rome until he returned. Atianus discovered a plot involving Quietus and then executed four senators without trial. Well, that's not going to look good, is it? It's not going to look good. The four men happened to be huge supporters of Trajan's expansionist programme. Making the empire bigger yeah. and better. Yeah, so all of a sudden he executes four people who want to keep expanding the empire. Hmm. So the impact of that would be the rest of the Senate would say no more. Yeah, it's an indication of things to come. It is. <laughs> yeah, what definitely happened is the Senate were not happy at all. No. Because that's four senators died. Because that's executed didn't no tra- No, Trajan was very good with the Senate. He really sucked up to them, didn't he? They yeah, yeah, he him. did. And they loved him by the end. Whereas his Hadrian, barely even started, already four people dead. Yeah. So they're starting to get flashbacks to Domitian. Oh dear. Yeah. yeah. Hadrian then started his policy of peace. Aww. Something that has endeared him to modern historians, but was less than popular with his contemporaries. I know, because the Romans were all like, hey, you know, pride, pride-ish people, weren't they? Yeah, especially those four that just died. Yes, There's a yes. large faction saying we need to keep expanding forever <laughs> and ever until we own the world. Yeah. Uh, Hadrian was less than convinced by this. He realised that there were many regions within the empire that were on shaky foundations, such as Britain, and there were revolts in Africa at this time, the mm. Jewish revolt, the Rhine and the Danube frontiers were shaky and all that area that Trajan had just invaded so he decided that holding on to all that new land was impossible without devoting troops that were needed elsewhere so didn't we with with Trajan at the end of his reign yeah exactly and he started to collapse a little bit yeah overstretched themselves so Hadrian's thinking do I fight for this and he decides not to so he just abandons all that land that Trajan invaders yeah yeah I guess a lot of proud Romans going that's not on yeah, he We did. died for this. Exactly, yeah. Now, because he was well-loved by the troops, because yeah. he had spent so long in the military, he got away with it, yeah. just about. But Ooh. the Senate were not happy at all. Oh. So the Senate, already annoyed that he's killed four people, and now annoyed that he's not expanding the empire. Ooh. 
exactly. Right. So, Hadrian eventually heads back to Rome and attempts to settle down the bad feelings about him. So he gives gifts of money to people. That's always good. Always good. Just turn up. Please stop hating me. I'll give you lots of cash. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I really like you now. Yeah. Um, and he swore an oath that he would not harm any senators unless the senators had voted for it themselves. Nerva did the same, didn't he? And then the senators did pretty much whatever they wanted. Yes, that's true. But it's a good peacemaking. It is a good peacemaking. Good strategy. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's a good strategy. Otherwise, he's got to do something to convince the again. Senate. Otherwise, they're, they're just... Actually, what will they do? Well, nothing. <laughs> complain about it and die. Complain and moan, yeah. Right, okay. So, Hadrian then decides that the best thing to do if he's going to rule this giant empire is actually go and have a look at it. Fair enough. Yeah, so he goes travelling, and this is something that defines Hadrian. He is the travelling emperor. That's nice. Yeah. So, let's go on the tour of the empire with Hadrian, shall we? Yay! In 122, after travelling through Gaul and Germania, where he ordered them to start putting up some walls mm. along the Rhine frontier... He likes his walls, doesn't he? He does. These were turf and wood walls, basically. Oh. Got put up there. Um, he then arrived in Britannia. <gasps> yes. While he was there, he listened to how hard it was to keep the island under control and how unreliable the, their Britannic allies were. Yeah, there was a huge tribe in the north that were causing a lot of problems. Were these the Celts or the early Scots? Oh, I guess they were the Celts, weren't they? Oh, no, no, this is in English territory. This oh, English territory. Yeah, oh, right. yeah, it was one of their so-called oh, allies, right. called the Brigantes. Yeah, so Hadrian devises a plan. He orders that a wall be built across the northern border, mm. and this did a number of things. It cut the Brigantes' tribe in half. Yeah. Which straight away uh, made them less of a threat, because to organise anything, they had to go through this wall. Also, it acted as a tax gate for any kind of movement. That's good, get a bit of cash from the hardware. Yeah, business. and they could just keep an eye on any movement of people, large-scale movement of people. And then finally, obviously, it could act as a defensive wall. Yeah. Yes. But it was less of a defensive wall and more of a monitoring kind of... Yeah, yeah, just keep everything stable. Yeah, yeah. Keep their sort on the other side. Yeah. They can come in if they're going to pay us. Now, now when, you, when you see Hadrian's Wall, if you live in Britain, you probably have, or you probably haven't, you haven't been there. It's quite small. It is. It a used bit to you be bigger. Over. I hope so. Yes, it, it wasn't the two foot tall that it is now. Yeah, you could trip over it if you're not looking. Maybe that was the idea. <laughs> Psychological wall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's an ancient tripwire. <laughs> Made yeah. of stone. <laughs> yeah. So, he builds a wall, and little did he know that that's what he would become most famous for. Ah. Despite the fact he did lots of other things. Yeah. Yes. Right, so then, around this time, he dismisses his private secretary, who you know. If you've been paying attention, you should get who this is. Attic. Atti... No, 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 uh, no. Oh. It's not someone I've mentioned today. Oh, what the heck? <laughs> Right, let's just get back through all my notes for the past five months. And I'll just out. tell you, it's Please. Suetonius. Oh, yes. Yes. I thought he'd already been... No, because we mentioned it. Remember, we, we went into spoiler territory and uh, went ahead, didn't we? Oh, yes. Does he become yeah. emperor? Who's Suetonius? No, no. No. He doesn't. Good, <laughs> That'd be okay. good, though. <laughs> no. Um, so he's dismissed because he becomes excessively familiar towards the empress. Yeah. Knows her well. Knows her well. Mm. Doesn't go into any details, but let's say 
they were caught full arm <laughs> on the wall. Ooh, on top of one of the towers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what was going on Ooh. there. Yeah, um, just like a circle of centurions underneath torchlights, looking up. Going, I'd like to think Hadrian was walking along, inspecting the wall, and then silhouetted in the moonlight. Oh, Suetonius Sil- and his wife. Oh dear. <laughs> it, the Historia Augusta <laughs> mentions that Hadrian would have divorced his wife. Understandable if you saw that. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> if he was a private citizen, but he felt the emperor shouldn't divorce his wife, so Aww. kind of stuck with it. Ooh. Yeah. They they really did not get on at all. All right. If this was not a happy marriage for reasons that will become clear later on. <laughs> yeah. Right. So he then makes his way through Spain and he wintered there and then into North Africa where he fought some skirmishes with some local rebels. Oh, okay. Yeah. So a bit of fightiest Maximus there. Yeah, he good. then heard news that there was trouble with Parthia. There's trouble in Parthia. Yes. Ooh. Yeah, so he thought he'd have got it all settled, so he heads off to sort the problem out. When he gets to the Euphrates, yes. so those of you not so sure on your geography, that's on the other side, far east of the empire, um, <laughs> he found out that a war between Parthia and Rome was like a whisker away. Ooh. Yes, it was all about to kick off again. But he negotiated with the king of Parthia and stopped the war. That's good. Yeah. So he's a king of, he's an emperor of peace, isn't he? Yes. He's trying to say, no fighting. Yeah, he, he, he manages to stop it using his negotiation tactics. So they came to a compromise. He Again, this did not please the Senate at all. They, <laughs> we want fight! Well, yeah, they thought, well, we beat them not too long ago, so why don't we just beat them again? Yeah, we want yeah. blood. Right, he then went north to the... <laughs> sorry, the autocorrect has changed this to the Black Wee instead oh. of the Black Sea. <laughs> okay. So that's, yeah. that's probably a, something he probably sees his doctor about. He probably picked that up in Parthia. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> From his wife. <laughs> yeah. So when he was seriously ill... <laughs> Um, he went to check out the troops around the Black Sea uh, and then spent the winter in Bithynia. The city mm. had recently suffered from an earthquake, so he spent lots of his own money rebuilding it, which was nice of oh, him. Yeah. Yeah. Around this time, he met Antonius. 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 Yes. This was a teenage boy whom he fell instantly in love with. Oh. Possibly. Oh. We're not sure whether it was instantly love at first sight or whether they just got to know each other but we do know that very soon afterwards the two were pretty much a full-blown couple yes which has led some people to suggest that hadrian was gay but as we've already discussed those terms didn't really apply in ancient rome um historia augusta also mentions that hadrian liked to have affairs with other people's wives so but He's fallen for this young boy called Antononus, who's probably around 14 at the time. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Bit dodgy. Yeah. Um, but not back then. Uh, Hadrian then made his way to Greece. Oh, yeah, oh, back good. to Greece in 124. Uh, he loved it there, and he took part in religious ceremonies, and he helped build many buildings. That's good. A lot of buildings. Oh. Again, it was a case of, shall I write all these down? No, there's a lot of buildings. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> while in Greece, Hadrian persuaded the rulers of Athens and Sparta to enter the Senate. Basically, he wanted Athens and Sparta to be great again, because he loved his classical history. Ooh, yeah. yeah. They're probably... See, I, I know that the, the Spartan... The Spartans, we know it, lasted only about 200 years. Yeah, this... It only could. It's very... This is not the this is Sparta with the impossible abs Sparta anymore. Yeah, CGI abs. Yeah, this is probably just a a man with a 
beer belly, still with his red cloak. And a helmet sort of wedged on. Yeah. It's like a blunt sword. Yeah, they're, they're past their prime. <laughs> and then there's Hadrian saying, come on, say it, say it for me. And he weakly says, oh. this is Sparta. Yeah. So he's encouraging the Greek states to basically go back to the glory days. Oh. It's a bit of a pipe dream for Hadrian there. It's not the last time he tries it. So he then finally heads back to Rome after several years of tour via Sicily, where he climbed Mount Etna just to watch the sunset. That's nice. Yeah, isn't that nice? Let's climb an active volcano. Yeah. In 126, he went into Rome and he saw the Pantheon that he'd ordered to be rebuilt. So you remember Agrippa's Pantheon burnt down in the fire? Yep. Few episodes ago, it's yep. finally rebuilt. Oh, looks completely different. But yeah, Hadrian puts Agrippa's name on the front. Yes, and he's still yes. there now. He's still there it. now. Very impressive. Yes, and he also goes to see his new villa that's been built, which oh. is apparently just as impressive as the Golden House that Nero built, hmm. but cleverly not in Rome. No. So people didn't mind so much. That's right. There's, there's I watched thing uh, information about the the buildings the Romans built. Uh, and, and concrete, because they pretty much developed and improved concrete. Their yep. concrete's better than the concrete we use now. Yeah, yeah, last, last ages. Yeah, it's, that's still there. Look at the Pantheon. It's a massive dome with a hole at the top. It was built so perfectly, like, mathematically, and it's done so beautifully. But it's still there. But also, the concrete is so strong, and we still don't know how, because the recipe's just been lost over the years. It's a theory. It's something to do with volcanic ash, I believe. Yes, because I'm guessing because the volcanic ash is quite spiky, the bits of rock. Yeah. Um. So maybe it helps it join together more. But there yeah. are the ingredients all, like, they know what's, what's in it. But, like, did they heat it first, or they, what type of temperature they put it in, that sort of thing, you know. Do you think any Roman gangsters ever put someone in concrete shoes and drop them in the river? What? <laughs> I'm just thinking of classic things you do with concrete, and I thought, you're putting someone in concrete shoes and throwing them in the river. That's true, because concrete sets underwater. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be quite cool. Well, not for the person. <laughs> no. I mean, I'm just... I bet Nerva got involved in some of that. That's classic oh, yeah. 20s I mean, gangster fare, that oh, is. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, slightly yeah, off topic. <laughs> yeah, But still, very impressive, his buildings, as you say. Right, so, he's back in Rome at last. But then he decides to go on a tour of Italy. He's seen the rest of the hmm. empire, so let's go and see Italy. Um, and he decide, decided at this point that Italy needed a much simpler government. So he Ooh. split the area into four and gave each one a governor. Now, this essentially made parts of Italy just like the provinces. So they're now ruled in the same way the provinces are. Okay. The Senate despised this. Italy was different. Italy was special. You can't treat it like a province. Yeah, this was the homeland. Very backward thinking. Well, yeah, there's Hadrian thinking the whole empire is one, whereas the senator's still thinking this city rules all these provinces. Mm. So, yeah, very different ways of thinking. This didn't last very long, this way of ruling Italy. As soon as Hadrian died, it reverted back. But it was it was Hadrian's mission, vision. In 128, Hadrian fell ill. Oh. Yeah, so what do you think he did? Died. No, he went on another tour. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> this time he went to Africa. Because he went to Africa before, um, but then it got interrupted, remember? Because he had to go and sort out Parthia. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I honestly woke up one day and went, oh, I don't feel well. Let's go to Africa before I die. <laughs> yeah. Yay. Bit of, bit of sun, sea and sand to yeah. 
Africa at the time was suffering a horrible drought. Many people were dying. Oh, wow. And apparently, as soon as he stepped on the shore, the rain started. Of course they did. Of course they did. Well, he said that the drought ended when he arrived. So yeah. that could be like it rained a couple of days afterwards. But I'd like to think foot on the shore. Yeah. And then <laughs> torrential rain, like mm. upended buckets yeah. on every single citizen <laughs> yes. in the entire of Africa. Yeah. And, and yeah. the sky is completely blue when he yeah. rides up. No, a single cloud in the sky. So everyone's just on. suddenly <laughs> very wet. Yes. Yeah. Well done, Adrian. Thank you. Yeah, so they're very, very pleased they were. Right, he then popped back to Italy before going back to Greece. Because he yeah. thought he'd taken Greece whilst he was doing his tour of Africa. Why not? Because he loves it there. He decided that he wanted to restore Greece to its former glory again and <laughs> talked with Sparta and Athens again about joining all the Greek states together. Um, in some kind of joint Greek alliance, like the yeah. old days when they used to fight the Persians. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Stronger as one. Yeah. Yeah. A bit like the end of 300. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't really work. The no. Greek cities aren't interested. They were never interested in working together, no. were they? No. no. Right. Okay. So he then sets off for Egypt. Time to do a tour of Egypt. He restored Pompey the Great's tomb, and then in October of 130, Hadrian was travelling the Nile. What do you think happened? Did he die on the Nile? No, he did didn't. Did he fall in? But someone did. Oh. Oh, his wife. No, more important to him. It's, oh, that, um, um, uh, his teen boy, Antonius. Yes. Yeah, he drowns oh. in the Nile. Yeah, by this time he's around 20-ish. In his early 20s. Yeah, he drowned in the river. We're not really sure how. Hadrian was devastated and, I quote, wept like a woman. Aww. Yeah, nice misogynistic. Yeah, you big quote, girl. Quote from Historia Augusta there. Yeah, he, yeah, Hadrian was in bits. Aww. It's the love of his life, it seemed, and he died in a boating accident. Yeah, so he founded a new city in his honour and um, then deified him. Oh, wow. Again, the Senate hated that. Meant to be part of the royal family, not the emperor's young lover boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> did not go down well, well at that, all. That shows a lot of affection, though, doesn't it? Yeah, and this new cult, the cult of Antonius, spread quickly and became hugely popular in the Greek-speaking world over the next hundred years, really? and for quite some time was far more popular than the other major cult at the time, which was the Christian one. Oh. Yeah. So in oh, wow. Egypt, especially, you had statues of him deified all over the place. It was a it was a huge up and coming religion, but then died out. Oh. Yeah. Interesting where religions start. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. So around this time, he went up a mountain to witness a sacrifice, and lightning struck the priest and the animal during the ceremony. Ooh, that's not a good sign, is it? No. So. The story doesn't link to anything, but I found it slightly amusing. <laughs> Poor priest. Yeah. <laughs> he died, it's hilarious. Climbed up the mountain, witnessed the sacrifice. Yeah. Uh, how are you sacrificing this goat? Oh, we thought we'd... <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit extreme, isn't it? <laughs> God, it smells delicious, though. <laughs> Dig in, boys. It's what God would want. Okay, so then he went east and visited Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Ooh. remember is in bits still. Yes, we're, we're now in the 130s, but Jerusalem is still in bits oh, after yeah. the, uh, the siege in the 70s. So he renames the city Aelia Capitolina after himself and Jupiter. So they love that. Yeah. Oh, that was really nice of him. And then mm. he said, I'll rebuild the city for you. 
Sounds all nice to begin with. Mm. Jewish people not too happy. No. Because at the same time, he was introducing laws that either, and it depends on what source you go for, um, either hugely anti-Semitic laws that were trying to just outlaw Judaism and eradicate mm. them, or it was um, him trying to assimilate them into the empire and just pushed a bit too hard. Yeah. Yeah, it depends on what tack you want to take there. Um, mm. But... Needless to say, the Jews were not happy. No. No, not at all. So, the Second Jewish War starts. Ooh. Yeah. A man named Simon Bar Kokhba declared that he was that Jewish Messiah that had been promised for so long. Yeah. Oh. All the Christians in the area went, <laughs> excuse me? Yeah, it's like, oh, we, we, we've already got him. And all the, all the Jewish people went, no. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, the course was very popular, especially with the young male Jews, but the Christians in the area obviously weren't too happy. Bit of tension between the Jews and the Christians there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, Simon, and I quote, punished the Christians. Oh, Reed killed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not a good start, is it? You would have thought they'd want to band together to overthrow the Romans, but... Yeah. No. It's always internal fighting that never yeah. helps big situations. It doesn't. Right, Hadrian called his best general Sexus Severus. Sexus... Ooh, that sounds... That's a painful name. Oh, sorry, Sextus Severus. Oh, still sounds painful. <laughs> it does. Yeah. Oh. He was in Britain at the time. So he was called to handle the situation. So Severus picked up troops from Danube on the way yeah. and came and fought along with Hadrian. So this is Hadrian's only major battle, really. Fighting was fierce. Sorry, war, I should say, rather than battle. Fighting was very fierce, but in the end, Hadrian managed to put the rebellion down in 135. Yeah. Yeah. According to Dio, 380,000 Jews were killed. Ooh. Yeah, 50 towns and nearly 1,000 villages were razed to the ground. Wow. Yeah. That's not good. Beata, a fortified city close to Jerusalem, was seized after three and a half years of sieging. Three and a half years? Yes, this was a long siege, and unfortunately we don't have the details on it, like oh. the first siege of Jerusalem, but wow. yeah, after a long siege, after the failed revolt, Hadrian attempted to put the province to peace. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hadrian, by this point, has decided that Jewish people obviously love revolting. So how to solve this problem? He gets a bit dark. He renames the province Syria-Palestinia after the Philistines, and then he banned Jews from entering the New Jerusalem. So he raises the Old Jerusalem to the ground and rebuilds it and says Jewish people aren't allowed to stay there. Well, that's going to make them happy. And... Yeah, well, that's, that's it. That's the Jewish people losing their cultural and, and historical home. This is why Jewish people then spread out throughout Europe and the, the Middle East. That's the formation, the country we now, now know as Palestine. Yes, essentially. Oh, wow. So this is where all the problems started. But yeah. I say started, it was already going on. Oh, There's yeah. been problems in that area for forever. But yeah, so there you go. Oh, wow. This is another... I didn't know that. ...horrible moment in the history of, of that area yeah. of the world. And we're still, we're still <laughs> seeing the results of that, are Still we? seeing the results, yes. So there you go. Bit of a black mark next to Hadrian's name. That's it, yeah. Yeah. But if you try to look at it from his point of view, he was just trying to put a revolt down in one of his provinces. Yeah. It's not actually hugely different to what some other people did in other provinces. Mm. It's just we can still see the ramifications of that one in modern I, day. I, I guess because of where it is and the yeah. rise of Christianity. Well, it's not Christians, really. It's, a, you know, because of where it is mm. and because of events following the Second World War. Yeah. 
it, yeah, it makes ancient history suddenly quite modern, and you realise that all yeah. these descriptions of battles and tribes being wiped out, it's very real, isn't it? It is. It's a people dying. Still, on with the light-hearted podcast. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. He then goes back to Rome. He's he's finished touring. He's, he's still ill at this point. I, on and off, yeah. All right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> In 136, though, his health really starts to fail him. Ooh. So he starts thinking about who's going to succeed him. For a long time, Hadrian had acted as if his brother-in-law, Sevianus, mm. um, was his heir. Remember, that's the brother-in-law that was 30 years older than him and tried to stop him getting to Trajan. Yes. They obviously made up after that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And he, he basically acted as if he was the heir, even though he was 30 years older. However, he was now in his 90s. <laughs> he was obviously not a good choice anymore. Now, Sevianus started to think that his grandson, Fuscus, would make an excellent heir. Mm-hmm. Hadrian seemed to go along with this for a while, but Fuscus started to show signs of being a bit too rash and a bit too young and a bit too not to Hadrian's liking. All right. So Hadrian then spotted a very serious and studious young man named Marcus Aurelius. Oh. Yes, you may have heard of him. Um, yeah. Well, that's a lie. His name wasn't Marcus Aurelius at no. this point, but... His name was Verus, but for simplicity's sake, we're going to give him the name that he became known as, because there's a lot of names coming up. <laughs> so, Hadrian was very impressed with Marcus Aurelius, but was worried again about his age, and he was worried another Nero. You don't want to <laughs> give the young people too much power. So, he comes up with a plan. It's a cunning plan. Oh. Yeah. In 136, he adopted the son-in-law of one of the four senators that he had killed at the start of his reign. Okay. Yes. Why Why would you do that? Get the senate on your side. Yeah, so he gets the senate on his side. Yeah. But he says to this son-in-law, his name was Lucius... Well, he took the name Lucius alias Caesar, mm. so we'll call him Lucius. He said to Lucius, you are my heir, but you've got to adopt Marcus Aurelius. Now, Lucius was a sickly man himself. <laughs> yeah. So... Oh, this is clever. Hadrian thinks he'll die soon, and then Marcus Aurelius will maybe get five, ten more years' experience and then become the emperor. Yeah? Good plan? Mm -hmm. Right. So that's his plan. Sevianus, now in his 90s, was not happy at all about this. No. 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 And he let it very vocally be known. So in 137, Sevianus and Fuscus were accused of plotting to overthrow the emperor... Both were put to death. Yes. Hadrian executed a 90-year-old man for speaking against him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. prayed, and his last words were that Hadrian would long for death but be unable to find it. Oh, that's that's really dark, isn't it? Yeah, it's a dark prayer. To say that's worse than wishing life. for death. Is Yeah. Oh, yeah. What a bitter old man. Yes. <laughs> yes. I've also got a horrible feeling I've been saying his name wrong all this time. I think it might have been Sevius or Servius. Yeah, I think my autocorrects done some wrong things. It's fine. If you're listening and all that time you've been going, like, that's the wrong name, just deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. So, those two are dead. Also, around this time, his wife dies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, some people suggest that this was Hadrian starting to lose it at the end and just killing mm. off people he didn't like. He was worried his wife would destroy his carefully laid plan for succession, so kills her off. However, there's no actual evidence for that. But he possibly killed his wife at this point. Ooh, I like it. Right. So, everything's looking good. Yeah. And then Lucius dies. Ooh. He was a bit too sickly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so, plan failed. Right, so Hadrian then looks elsewhere and adopts a relative nobody called Antoninus, who would become Antoninus Pius. Yes. He's the next, he's another he emperor, is isn't he? the next emperor, yes. So, again... This is uh, Marcus Aurelius. What? So it works. Because Antoninus Pius is adopted by Hadrian, but told you must in turn adopt Marcus so Aurelius. So Marcus Aurelius is after Antoninus. Yes, there you go. So that's Hadrian's plan. And this works. This does. This one sticks. Yay. Right. Hadrian, by this point, was suffering greatly. Really, really, in lots of pain, and tries to commit suicide several times. <gasps> yes. His wish came true. Yes, the wish came true. But his slaves and his freedmen stopped him every time he tried to kill himself. They hid daggers from him. <laughs> At one point, Hadrian orders his doctor to um, poison him. and The doctor uh, kills himself rather than kill the emperor or disobey the emperor. Wow. Yeah. Imagine of course, sir. Let me just get something up for you. Whoops, it's flitted into my... <laughs> How annoyed would you be as Hadrian? You're lying there. God, just kill me. Go on, kill... No, no, not you. Oh. If you're going to kill yourself, at least kill me first. Yes. Oh, yeah. Eventually, Antoninus Pius comes round and tells Hadrian to basically pull his socks up. Okay. He says, look, you're the emperor. Stop moaning. Yeah, stop being a wimp. You can't die. That will look bad unless you die naturally. Hadrian kind of goes, oh, fine, yeah, I suppose you're right. But then grew really angry when he realised that someone must have told Antoninus Pius that he was attempting to commit suicide. So he ordered the death of whoever told Antoninus. Ooh. Yeah. Fortunately, Antoninus doesn't carry that through. That's good. Yes. Eventually, Hadrian dies on the 10th of July, 138, at the age of 62. Oh, age 62. You did, you had quite a good innings then, didn't you? You did have a good innings. Quite well. Yeah. So there you go. That is the life of Hadrian. It's a bit of a mixed bag, isn't it? It is. Lots of flashes of greatness, and then, you know, then he turned a bit mad near the end, but not, you know, it's more, more sort of frustrated, I feel. Yeah, you get the impression he was just in lots of pain, and he's trying mm. to sort things out. Mm. Yeah. Shall we raise him? Yeah, let's rate him. Let's do it. Okay. Fightius Maximus. For good fighty. Only one major war, and that mm. was the Second Jewish War. But he undeniably won it. Yeah. And was very successfully in, obviously, the Roman eyes, <laughs> won it. So there you go. In the major war that he fought, he won. Yay. Yeah. Although attempting to maintain peace throughout most of his reign, he, and I quote, trained troops as if it were wartime. That's good. Because yeah. you've got to be able to protect your land. He ate with the troops outside. He marched with them. He did not allow troops to leave the camp without authorization, which is just amazes me that that wasn't a law already. <laughs> <laughs> just popping off down the road. Yeah, I'll be back. I'll be back in a bit. Honest. <laughs> That, yeah. Do, do you need to take the sword with you? Yes. That. Why? Why would you not have that law? I don't know, but Hadrian introduced it. Good, good Hadrian. That just makes sense, doesn't it? He also demolished ornate gardens and porticos that were within the army camps. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Obviously, things have become a bit slack. <laughs> ornate. Yes. Oh, apparently so. <laughs> why did they have ornate gardens? I have no idea. No, obviously you've got... In the middle of, like, camps where they'd camp up for the night. Yeah, I mean, maybe these were, like, winter camps where they stayed for about six months or so. But what do you need a garden? I don't know. The person in charge of the camp liked gardens, I suppose. Maybe carved stone marble busts. 
everywhere. It's, it's not what I imagine when I think of Roman legions. I'm thinking a lot less of the Regent legions now if they had them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, Hadrian stops all that. Good. No. He also himself wore humble clothing and um, would visit sick soldiers and make sure that all weapons were ma- well made. That's good. So just random, like a, a random spot check. Just checking the quality of the weapons, isn't it? Are you looking after yeah. your weapon? That this did come back to bite him, though. Oh. The, one of the reasons why the Jewish people were so well armed. Yeah. What? I sm- <laughs> Sorry, some kind of, it's a bite of like he's going through his weapon check and someone pulls out a snake. <laughs> bites him on the hand. <laughs> yeah, not literally. No, okay. <laughs> no. Yeah, when he. One of the reasons why the Jewish people were so well armed when they rose up was because they were purposely making substandard weapons for the Roman army. So when they got rejected, they got thrown out, and then they could just go round the back and collect them again and stockpile them. That's very clever. Very clever. Yes. All because Hadrian demanded the best. Couldn't they check before they enter the soldiers? Like, go to the place where they're made and say, why aren't you making them properly? Yeah, so I'm guessing they went back and just said, these swords weren't very good, make some better ones, and the Jewish people went, oh, okay. But you'd, you'd post, like, a gar- after a while, though, you'd post a garrison <laughs> there and go, look... Seriously, you've made 4,000 swords and none of them are any good. No, this one, look, this one's flopping around, so it's <laughs> tin foil. Come on. But it's a fine line, because you want the sword to be good enough that you can collect it yourself afterwards, but not so good that the Romans will accept it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's very clever. It's meant to be slightly blunted. Yeah. They'd be easy to sharpen them, wouldn't they? Because you'd have, on, wherever you'd go, they'd take a like a blacksmith with them, surely. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. You'd have one of those in the camps unless they'd been chucked out to make room for those ornate gardens. Yeah. yeah. Quick, sharpen your sword on this holly bush. <laughs> what? Yeah. So, anyway, so that was generally a good thing, although. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Jewish people managed to use that against That's him. That's very clever. Yeah. He also made sure that underage boys and old men did not serve in the army. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Like age, age barriers. Yeah, age yeah. So in short, the army was better under Hadrian than it had been for quite some time. Some sources suggest since Augustus's time, wow. despite the fact he's well known as being the peaceful emperor. Yeah, that's so, good. Good discipline. Yeah. yeah. Um, right, and then we've got personal fighting. And I've got a quote here. Uh, it's about when he went to Spain after Britannia. Okay. At this time, he incurred grave danger and won glory. For while he was walking about in a garden at Tarragona, one of the slaves of the household rushed at him madly with a sword. But he merely laid hold of the man, and when the servants ran to the rescue, handed him over to them. Afterwards, when it was found that the man was mad, he turned him over to the doctors for treatment, and all this time Hadrian showed not the slightest sign of alarm. Oh. Yeah. So he kept his cool. He did. I've got this image of a slave going, Die! Die! <laughs> die! And Adrian, just one arm, just catches <laughs> him, flips him, puts him on the ground while still eating his apple. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'll still read his book. Yes, reading a book. Whereas <laughs> 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 listeners couldn't see that wonderful no, mime. That was a brilliant that? little mime there. It was basically what we just discussed. Yeah. 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 Only in mime form. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, very impressive by Hadrian there. Mm. He didn't take any naughtiness. Naughtiness. Let's he didn't use that take word. no sugar from anyone. No. So a bit of personal ideas, Maximus. Mm. So that's the good. Um, bad. How many points can we really give for fighty Maximus 
to a man who pursued peace at all costs. He bought off many kings rather than engage in fighting. For example, to the king of the Hebiri, or the Herbiri, Hebiri, he gave an elephant and 500 men rather than fight. Sorry. Elephant and 500 men? <laughs> yeah. Again, not to see that negotiating table. <laughs> <laughs> we will fight you. How about if I give you 500 men? No, never. And an elephant? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Can you just imagine a quick hush conversation between them? They're saying, what is an elephant? It's like a horse with a long nose, but bigger. <laughs> well, take it. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it, it's impressive. For someone who's well known for peace, I think he's going to do better than I thought he would. Mm. But uh, we can't give him a huge score. No, cause score? A score. No, because he's got obviously one big win. Well, yeah, that's it. He has got a decent war behind him. But, I mean, I would argue in Fighters Maximus, and you might argue comes into success as Ultimus, but I would argue the point where, after the battle, it was chaos as well. For example, he took everything away from the Jewish people. I mean, yeah. it's still, it's, it still links into the Fighters Maximus. He's still uh, applying a... I think you answered yourself, <laughs> though. I think that's definitely success as Ultimus. Damn. Okay. Fighters Maximus is just their fighting ability. Okay. Well, he's obviously got good fighting ability. Yeah, he has. But, uh, but it seems he had more of a pacifist approach. He did. It's a tricky one to judge, isn't it? I'm happy to give him around six. Yeah? I can't give him any higher. He was good, though. He was when, good. When he applied himself. Oh, yeah. He did it well. Built a wall. Vented fighty. Well, yeah, it was it was more defensive than offensive. Sometimes that's the best form of yeah. You know, bat combat, isn't it? You've got to defend your position, and and that's what he did. He, he made his troops able to defend and able to fight. He just yeah. he only used them when he probably thought necessary. Best defense is a good defense. Yeah, as the saying does not go. No, <laughs> but that's what he thought. Um, I still think six. You go for six. I I might go for seven. Because I got the feeling that if he needed to fight, he did. But he tried to avoid it. But he was good. So that okay. is a total of 13. 13. That's 10, 3. 13 for Fightius Maximus for Hadrian. Approbium Crasium. Approbium Crasium. Um, he killed those four senators at the start of his reign. It wasn't... I argue it wasn't him, though, was it? It was the guy following... He claims it's not him. Mm. Senators certainly didn't believe him. Well, it's done in his name, wasn't it? So I it guess. was done in yeah. his name. I don't know. Nah, that's uh, fair enough. Yeah. So there's that. Um, he apparently spied on all his friends using his own secret police force. Ooh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and he also wouldn't keep the fact a secret. Not so secret police force. <laughs> yeah. So where will you be tonight, Marcus? Good. <laughs> Good. I'll just write that down. Well, when one of the senator's wives had written to the senator a little note complaining that he was spending all his time in the baths. Hadrian knew about it. And after a Senate meeting, the senator said, oh, I'm off to the baths. And Hadrian went, oh, your wife won't be pleased about that. <laughs> yeah. He's not very good at the whole secretive thing, is he? No. <laughs> so he let it no be known that he knew everyone's secrets. This did not endear him to anyone. No. Oh, dear. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, maybe a bit more probium than crazy in there. Um, <laughs> he killed his wife, possibly. We don't know. Well, let's just say he killed his wife. Let's say he did it, yeah. He praised teachers and scholars. Brilliant. I like yeah. that. But also had a habit of mocking them oh. if he knew 
more than they did, or at least he thought he did. Yeah, but we all do that a bit, don't we? Yeah, that's true. Okay, and one time when he was debating with a famous Greek philosopher, Hadrian was losing the debate, but the Greek yielded. Afterwards, he explained his actions to his friends, saying, You are urging a wrong course, my friends, when you do not suffer me to regard as the most learned man of all, the one who has 30 legions. Oh, that's clever. Yeah, it is. It's like, I'm the cleverest person in the world, and I have 30 legions behind me. Yeah, the the Greek philosopher just went, no, I'm not arguing with him. <laughs> He's got a lot of pointy things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a senator at the time reported that he was cruel by nature, and only performed acts of kindness, so he would not be compared to Domitian. But that's probably just bias. The senate yeah. didn't like him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, the senators didn't, didn't they? No, they really didn't. And then, of course, the biggie, he attempted genocide. Yeah. yeah. He, he, he pretty much destroyed the Jewish. Yeah, and how much he it was full-on attempting to wipe out the religion is debatable. It depends what sources you look at. He um, splintered and fractured it completely. But yes, he undoubtedly did a lot of up damage. To the, up to the 20th century. <laughs> yeah, the um, Jewish sources at the time, whenever Hadrian's name is mentioned then afterwards immediately say, may his bones be crushed. Yeah. They're not very happy about it still. They're not very happy. No. Yeah, so there there is that. And that was such a long-lasting thing. That's over a thousand years. Yeah, I mean, you can't lay it all on Hadrian's door, obviously. It was a a lot of things that happened before and since. But it's, um, yeah. Yeah, but the fact that they got split up, for you know, they didn't have a homeland... Yeah. Until nineteen forty. Well, it was just Jerusalem, the city they weren't allowed to go and True. stay back in. But that was very much the centre. Yeah. 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 So you've got that. On the good slash sane side, he continued many of Trajan's sane policies, like the childcare, the tolerance of Christians, etc., etc. Not Jews. <laughs> no. <laughs> Troublemakers. He thought that teachers, if they weren't doing a good job, he would pay them off and then dismiss them. So it wouldn't be horrible. You'd just, like, give them some cash and tell them to go away. I wish they did that now. Yeah, it'd be great if they did that now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not doing a very good job. Have some money. Go and, away. And have a holiday. <laughs> yeah. Um, men he saw as his enemy, as a private citizen, he completely ignored as an emperor. Oh, so didn't, that's nice. Yeah. Didn't hold a grudge. No. Uh, apparently he passed one such man and just said to him, you have escaped. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So, there you go. So that that's about it. He's clearly not an insane person, no. but he has done a few not great things. But let's not forget Vespasian and Titus also, in fact, killed more Jews than Hadrian. That's true. In the sack of Jerusalem, the first Jewish a million, war. A million, yeah, million. first Jewish war was actually worse in some states. It's just Hadrian banished them from the city afterwards, which is why he's so despised in that area. So we have that big elephant in the room, but mm. everything else, he's not seeming particularly crazy to me. No. Um, I'd, I'd probably go up to, say, three or four, just yeah. because of the whole, you know, kicking Jews out of their homeland. Yeah. It's a big one, isn't it? 1945, yeah. Yeah. And lots of laws to you know get yeah, out yeah he seemed to kill a couple of people but not huge amounts the four senators yeah um, I mean Claudius did more than that yeah, yeah. I, I can't give more than four I think four's fair I might go for four as well so that is a total of four for Probium Crasium mm. success okay got a bit of a lengthy quote here because it just summed him up this is from the Historia Augusta which is quite unreliable 
and also they anti Hadrian. And yet it has this paragraph in it. In poetry and in letters, Hadrian was greatly interested. In arithmetic, geometry, and painting, he was very expert. Of his knowledge of flute playing and singing, he even boasted openly. So he used to say he was the best flute player in the world. So he could play the flute quite well. He could, he could. Um, couldn't the guy just say he was clever and musical? Yeah, yeah, but he, yeah. he wants to go into a bit more detail. Right, he was also a connoisseur of arms and had a thorough knowledge of warfare and knew how to use gladiatorial weapons. Hadrian's memory was vast and his ability was unlimited. For instance, he personally dictated his speeches and gave opinions on all questions. He was also very witty, and of his jests, many still survive. The following one has even become famous. And here is one of his oh, go on. jests. Go on. You ready? <laughs> okay. Yeah. When he refused a request to a certain grey-haired man, yeah. the man repeated the request, but this time with dyed hair. Hadrian replied, I've already refused this to your father. Uh, yeah. uh, uh. Even without the aid of a nomenclator, he could call by name a great many people. So they were the slaves that would whisper in the emperor's ear who people were. Oh, I'm with you. Yeah, so he didn't need one. Whose names he had heard but once, and then all in a crowd. Indeed, he could correct the nomenclators when they made mistakes, as they not infrequently did. And he even knew the names of the veterans whom he had discharged at various times. So he seemed wow. to remember the names of every person he'd ever met. Sound a good leader. Yeah. He could repeat from memory, after rapid reading, books which to most men were not known at all. He wrote, dictated, listened, and, incredible as it seems, conversed with his friends all at one and the same time. He had as complete a knowledge of the state budget in all its details as any careful householder has of his own household. And in one locality he founded a town called Hadriana Theory because he once had hunted successfully there and killed a bear. Oh. Yeah. All right. Uh, that just seemed to sum him up. He was a bit of a genius. Yeah. Yeah. That's and he fun. killed a bear. <laughs> <laughs> Which I love that was just thrown in at the end. Yeah. The entire paragraph about how clever he was, and then, yeah. oh, and he killed a bear. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, so good, yeah, good memory. Good aura. Yeah, like a, a bit of a polymath, I guess. Yeah, he could play instruments. He could read and write better than anyone you could mm. remember things yeah and a fantastic beard oh well, we'll get on to that oh yes, yes. yeah so all-round good guy yeah if you ignore the genocide <laughs> um, he banned owners from killing their slaves that's good that's nice if a slave killed their master only the slave could be executed rather than the whole household because before if a slave killed the master the entire household of slaves would crucified oh yeah nasty yeah you just wake up and go oh jeff what did you do last night i killed our master oh jeff oh, think of the kid what four kids <laughs> god now we're all <laughs> going to be crucified yeah so that didn't happen anymore okay. um he judged fairly and always demanded proof in his courts something which was uh seen as quite unusual <laughs> so time. people get away with saying i've got a yeah, I've got a bad feeling about him. Pr prove it. What? I, what? I, I said he's, he's, I feel he's like bad. I feel he's bad. Yeah, that's all you need, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, so no, you actually had to prove things in his courts. Yeah. Throughout his rule, there were several nat natural disasters, floods, fires, earthquakes, and he paid for people to recover from them. That's frequently. nice. Yeah. And the big one, peace. 
peace in our time. Yes. Unless you were Jewish. Um, the <laughs> Roman world was largely at peace, despite the one war in his reign. This was the most peaceful the empire had been for quite some time. He managed to stay mostly on friendly terms with the Parthians, which was That's quite good. amazing considering they were full on war not mm. too long ago. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, we've got his building. He loved building. Um, he Almost every single city he went to, he ordered something to be built. So we've got lots of building evidence from mm. Adrian's time. He also declared that no one's homes should be demolished for building materials. That's good. That is good, but if you think about him, why he had to give that order, oh, yeah. that must mean at some point he was saying, oh, build a theatre over there, and then he found out later that um, someone had just gone along and demolished several people's houses to get some bricks to build his theatre. Maybe that's what's happened throughout history, though. Yeah, that was nice of him to say, stop knocking people's houses down for yeah. your building materials. Where's, where's Justinian going to live? Yeah. Right, he rebuilt the Pantheon. He restored Augustus's forum and many, many temples, and he never put his name on any of them. That's nice. Yeah. Apart from ones dedicated to Trajan, he did put his name on those. All right. Yeah. Lots of love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Scrawled on the side. <laughs> yeah. He moved the Colossus statue. This is Nero, isn't it? Yes. Um, I think I've mentioned that this has been moved before, and I yeah, obviously got it wrong, because this is when it's moved. All right. It took 24 elephants. He also <laughs> moved Nero's face. <laughs> And replaced it with an image of Sol, the sun god. Oh. So it was now the sun god, and it was still just as big, but it was outside the Colosseum now. Yeah, mm. so it had been moved. It was just moved to make more room. Um, he also planned to make a second statue dedicated to the moon. Oh. But that obviously never happened. No, no. no. With Apollodorus, remember? Trajan's architect from last yes. week. Yeah. yeah, he planned it with him. Oh, oh and I forgot to mention... Obviously, forgot to put it in his notes. He uh, fell out with Ap- Apollodorus and uh, killed him. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. Again, when his wife died and he started killing a couple yeah. of people off at the end. Yeah. Right. So that's good. Um, bad for successors, Ultimus. The empire starts to shrink at this point. Yes. We have the fact that Trajan was the largest extent last week, so obviously it now goes without saying it's now on its decline. But yes, Hadrian has. A very good reason to shrink it slightly. He's actually consolidating it. So how much you can say this is a bad thing at the time? Probably would have fallen apart a lot faster if he had not pulled back slightly to consolidate. Oh yeah, it's like tactical shrinking. Yeah. So, but that's a possible bad thing. So there we go. That's that's what we've got for success as Ultimus. That's pretty successful. Yeah, it is. Apart from the genocide thing, that's. Uh... <laughs> yeah, he, um... he seems to rule well for the majority of his reign. He seems to help a lot of people. Lots of fair and just laws come in. Yes. Uh, and like you said, the most peaceful time, which is nice. Um, he gave jobs to 24 elephants that needed them. Yeah, that's true. Out of work elephants. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, he just sticks my head about the fact that he, after he beat the Jewish people, he treated them so badly. Yeah. I know it's of the time that I think any emperor perhaps would have done the similar thing. Well, yeah. I mean, this is not hugely different to what happened relatively regularly in ancient times it just has a slightly more modern connection and let's not forget Julius Caesar mutilated thousands of people by chopping their hands off and uh, yeah it's it's kind of of the time Um, I think he should lose marks but possibly not too many I'm I'm, I'm thinking around seven seven I'm going to go for eight. You go for eight? Yeah. Ooh. I think he was very successful, generally. He set out to be a peaceful emperor. 
and mainly managed it. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so that's a 15 for Successus Ultimus, which puts him fairly high. That mm. puts him fourth, I think. Yeah, yeah it looks like it. Fourth. Not bad. Okay, on to Imago Facius. Imago Facius. This is from the Historia Augusta. He was tall of stature and elegant in appearance. His hair was curled on a comb, and he wore a full beard to cover up the natural blemishes on his face. He was very strongly built. He rode and walked a great deal, and always kept himself in training by the use of arms and the javelin. He also hunted, and used to often kill a lion with his own hand. But once, in a hunt, he broke his collarbone and a rib. These hunts of his he always shared with his friends. Goes a bit off topic at the end there, but I like yeah. the fact that it says he killed a lion with his own hand. Singular, not plural. Yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah that's pretty... I could take that lion with one hand tied behind my back. And he does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just did that sort of chop on the, the lion's neck. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he just falls. <laughs> oh, fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So there we go. So you've drawn a bearded man. With curly hair. With curly hair. Oh, and a javelin. And a javelin. Right, well, time to reveal to you statues. Although, to be honest, I'd be amazed if you don't already know what Hadrian looks like. He's one of the more famous statues. Here we go. Oh, he's a man with bearded hair and curly hair. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. The beard. <laughs> it's not as big as I was expecting. No, it's not a huge beard. It, it's, it's full covering, but it's it's quite... It's, it's quite a, a small beard. It's short. Yeah. yeah. But it's a beard. The it's first beard. beard we've got. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Oh, I just think the the carver of, of his bust <laughs> um, <laughs> got a thought. Oh, it's got a bit. Oh, it's gonna take ages. Yeah, just a big groan. <sighs> because it does mention a couple of times the previous emperors have had beards at times, which surprised me. Nero had some sort of facial hair thing. Yeah, sideburn things. Augustus, if I remember correctly, it said he had a, a goatee at one point. A goatee. Yeah, I'm it sure was a soul it patch. Oh, did we decide that? Patch, yeah, yeah um, but obviously none of the statues show that. Uh, no. It, because clean-shaven was, was the very mm. upper-class way to be. But this is where the beards start. Hadrian sets a trend. We're going to be beardy for a while well, now. So I know in ancient Greece it was clean-shaven as well, but do you think in Greece they had more beards at this time? Because he was a big Greek recophile, wasn't he? I don't know. Was it, was it clean-shaven in Greece as well? I believe so, yeah. But what about all those classical greek images of beards they're gods though aren't they or old that is a son of wisdom though like the older you get you can have a beard oh, sort of, i don't know i don't know write in write in yeah <laughs> on a Send letter a post, yes yeah on a postcard let us know um right so there we go we there he is what we're going to score him yeah uh i'm not as impressed with his beards i was hoping were you hoping for better beardage he looks like he's from the 1987 1986 Oh, no, I'd say earlier. Oh, earlier. I'd say early 80s. Did you ever watch a show called um, Ulysses 31? No. Kid? It's a cartoon of uh, a modern-day guy called Ulysses. It's basically the Greek myth set in sci-fi thing, and he looks exactly like that. Oh, right, okay. ginger beard, ginger hair. Yeah. But it does start a trend. He's a trendsetter. He is a trendsetter. Got to give him points for that. Actually, no, screw it. I'm going to give him eight, just because he's got a beard. He's the first one to have a beard. Eight. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think he, he looks he looks pretty good. I'm, I'm going to give him an 8 as well. That is a 16, which when we put it into our spreadsheet... Divided by 4. Gives us... Yeah, but the spreadsheet does it as well. Oh, okay. 4! <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So, well done, that's a fairly high score. That, in fact, is the second highest score, joint with Galba. Ooh. Yeah. I forgot Idiot. we scored Galba so highly. It's because yes. he looked so strict. Oh, and Vespasian we scored highly mm. as well. Yeah. Okay, final round. Tempo completo. Do you want to hazard a guess? I feel like I'm late, so I'm probably working out. No. Really bad it Not allowed to, just hazard a guess. 20 years? Oh, close. 21 years. Oh, 21 years. Almost oh. dead on, so we're just going to call it 21 years dead on. So that gives him a score of 2.63. That's pretty good. That is high for this round. Yeah. Yeah. That is well the third highest score so far. Well done. Behind uh, Tiberius and Augustus. Okay. So we go to our final score. Ooh, interesting. Go on. Very interesting. He's hit the 40s. <gasps> has he? He has. 42.63. Oh. So he's less than um, less than Trajan. That is less than Trajan, and it's less than Domitian, and obviously less than Augustus, but it's still a high score. That's a damn good score, yeah. That is very good. What okay. But it might be our fourth highest score. Mm. But does he have it? Don't know, does he? Let's find out. Do they have a certain Gene Caesar? Right, again, I, I don't know. I honestly thought we, this was going to be a definite yes. It's Hadrian. Mm. Everyone's heard of Hadrian. But as I looked into it, I was less impressed than I thought I was going to be. Anything stand out? Obviously, massive buildings. I did lots of building work. He was very good at building. He does come across as a bit of a genius and a bit of a know-it-all. <laughs> so is this a good thing or not? Yeah. Um... I don't know, because I, I, I have friends that know it alls, and <laughs> I'm actually not thinking about you there, so don't worry. Um, pe- people that use their intelligence as a weapon, mm. you know what I mean? And it can be very annoying sometimes. can. Maybe he was a bit like that. Um, okay, what, what what did he do? What did he excel at? His highest score was Successus Ultimus. Well, he did a lot of good stuff. He did. He was also quite fighty. Well, his fight he probably stands out the most because he was very he could do it, but he chose not to. I think the tactical effort of not doing it is yeah, I think, is important. I think it, that's it. It's the peace. Mm. It's a shame he's got that blemish with the the whole Jewish thing. <laughs> yeah, because I'd say if without that, it would be a definite yes for the peace that he brought it to the empire. Yes, and you could yeah. argue that Jewish revolt it was a revolt of a province that was put down that's that true. actually brought the stability to the the empire as a whole yes uh, i don't know it's tricky we can coin it do you have a preference either way i don't no i'm not sure because if you enter the Colosseum, that'd be fine for me yeah i i'm struggling to decide on this one okay let's let's, I think, let's, let's leave it to jupiter and his coin okay so the coin is out now every time i've used this so far it's always landed on lion have you weighted your coin no, no, no. I, <laughs> Is that I, even possible? No, honestly, last week I sat and flipped this coin 50 times um, just to see what happened. It probably wasn't about 50, but it was fairly, <laughs> it was fairly even. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't think it is. Okay. Penalty on that side because it's got more. Is he, is he in? Is he out? Here we go. Would you be disappointed if he's in or out? Oh, you just had a look. You I know. I know. I know. How I, I, I honestly don't know. I don't know. I, I think in my head, Trajan... Is who I thought Hadrian would be. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I thought Hadrian was going to be a really good one. So I'm a bit disappointed in him, to be honest. But he was still quite good. So yes, he's still good. Go on, show me, show me. Well, see. Well, he is in. in. He's in. Just scraped in. Just scraped in. 
you have a certain Genesis R. <laughs> Ow! <laughs> Did you burn yourself? Yeah, I've never oh. done that before. Yeah. Don't worry. Well, oh, it's smoking you... still. Yeah. Well... Where did you buy these? <laughs> oh, I bought my for guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well done to Hadrian. That is an official Gene César this week. That is our first ever two in a row. It is, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, next week we've got uh, Ant- Antonius Pius. Yes, Antonius Pius well, we could... next week. Well, they don't like Pius. He, he could be on for our third in a row. Yeah, well, this is the Five Good Emperors, so who knows. Let's just have a quick count up. That is our 14th Emperor. Two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven Genesis Caesars. Oh, so wow. That's exactly half and half. That's not bad. That's not bad. Not whittling them down as much as I thought we would. <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> yeah. Right, okay, so thank you for listening. Um, and our usual thank yous, obviously, to the Rex Factor for being an amazing supportive podcast. Listen to them. Yep, they've got new designs, haven't they? You've shown me. Yeah, all top secret, though. I'm not sure we're allowed to discuss them. It's looking good. I'm enjoying that. Mm. Um, thank you to Life of Caesar. Thank yeah. you to... I'll say thank you to LJ Trafford as well, again, because we say welcome to a book, but she does a lot of retweets of us, and it's really oh, nice. She's... Yeah, that is great. Spreading, spreading the love. I've nearly so finished her second book now. Oh, have you? I haven't yeah. that yet. I don't have much time for reading non-fiction anymore. <laughs> and I'm also trying to read the Game of Thrones books as well. Oh, are you? Yeah, Ooh. so it's... Okay. Um, yeah, slow process. Uh, yeah. Oh, I have to do a public apology as well. Oh, dear. Yeah. Um, so, uh, well, on, on Facebook, there's a fantastic group, um, the Roman Empire and Byzantine. Uh, it's a group on Facebook. It's if you want to learn more about there's lots of loads of people on there. Even people that study and like Rome and have PhDs and all sorts, they like, post things on people there. People actually know things. Yeah, yeah. And pronounce the names. Yeah, perfectly. they're great. Yeah. Um, and it's run by a guy called Scott. He's really nice. He's, um, he's contacted me a lot and he's really friendly really really great um, but I pronounced his name wrong oh, is it Scoot? It's, yeah it's Scoot <laughs> Scoot Rowley <laughs> no no um, luckily he found it very funny That's um, right. and he's promised to stop the death threats when I say it correctly so um, so Scott Rowland there you go got it right Scott Rowland thank you very that's much that's not mispronunciation that's a different name <laughs> well yeah 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 okay okay but yeah thank you very much for is that better or worse than calling LJ Trafford a man for an entire episode do oh, you think I don't know we're not very good at this are we <laughs> no, we should probably do our research a bit more yeah. ask people yeah we probably uh, should but yeah but thank you to him and uh, join, his, join, join the group on Facebook it's really good lots of interesting things mm. lots of shared information right and you're going on holiday tomorrow no it's uh, well actually by the time this comes out I'll be on holiday still yes. yeah we've been working very hard the last couple of weeks to double time our episodes mm. um, so in theory you listeners are not going to notice a gap then what, we might miss a week we then. might miss one week so yeah so next it, week no podcast possibly possibly well, you know. <laughs> if you see a podcast then there's no gap yes yeah uh, but yeah uh, well uh, you call it a holiday I call it a working tour yes but a more successful one hopefully this time than last time yes because I tried to look for Roman emperors in France and Spain it was a bit tricky I found one yeah, yeah. Good yeah. interview. And this time you're going to... Italy. Hey! <laughs> so I have more luck. Yes, fantastic. Right, well, yeah, you can share the pictures and stuff. Yeah, I'm going up Mount Vesuvius as well. And go around Pompeii, so I'm very nice. excited about that. I'm very jealous about that. I'll take lots of pictures. Yeah. It's very so. haunting. Though. Yeah. Very haunting. Do. Reenact planning the elders' final moments while you're there. Run around with a pillow on your head. 
I actually will. My, yeah. wife will. my wife can hold the camera. I'll actually do that. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. Yeah, be good. Might be a little insensitive, but it's... That's fine. It's 2,000 years ago. So yeah, yeah, come on, get over it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay, so um, I suppose all that's left to say is goodbye. Yeah, goodbye. Thank you for listening. And uh, you can find us on Facebook, um, oh. slash Ranking Podcast. <laughs> You can find us on... We're professional here. You can find us on Twitter as well. We're also available to download on iTunes and Podbean. Please do. And if you if you enjoy what you're listening to, please share and tell people about it and say how great we are. iTunes well. reviews. iTunes reviews would be great. Yeah. yeah. And Podbean okay. as well. Yeah. Okay, then. Thank you very much. Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye. of July this year, all lawyers will be forced to use a new and improved methodology. Evidence! What is evidence, we hear you ask? Showing what you're saying is correct. For example, here, your honour, I have a weapon with this man's blood on. This is seen as a new acceptable approach from our glorious Emperor Hadrian. This will be more effective than the following. Look at his face! The God told me! I have a funny feeling. It's a Tuesday. But his grandfather did it, so he must have done it as well. Throw those chicken entrails away, because sometimes it's nice to know you've caught the guy that actually did it. But don't worry, confessions under torture are still allowed and encouraged. Afterwards, when it was found that the man was mad, he turned him over to physis... 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 physician. Physicians. Physician. Physician. He turned him over to the doctors for treatment.